Hello, and welcome to the Working While Homeschooling podcast, the podcast for workingwhilehomeschooling.com, where our mission is to help homeschooling parents make money, maybe even have a career, while continuing to homeschool and without losing their sanity. My name is Julie, and I am your host and resident career coach today. I want to thank you all for joining us and listening in. I hope you're doing well. On today's episode, we will be talking to Jessica. Jessica is a full-time RVer. She is also doing work as a contractor, and she homeschools her two children. So, uh, Jessica, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Jessica Meinhofer, and I'm a mom to two school-age kids, elementary school-age kids. And uh, my husband and I and the children have been RVing full-time for almost four years. We are Florida-based, but have gone from Florida all the way up to Maine, and we are currently actually in Colorado for, I don't know, a while That's awesome. <laughs> for my husband's job. Yeah. All right. So explain, so explain to us exactly, first of all, because, you know, RVing, I think, is one of those things that I kind of think of in like a, you know, oh, wouldn't that be nice kind of manner? Isn't that sound, you know, kind of daydream, you know, just like getting up and leaving everything. So how in the world do you actually, you and your husband make that happen with your work? Right. So for us, um, RVing kind of seemed like a natural next step for us. I was already home with the kids. I was already working part-time from home and the kids were already homeschooling. And um, what ended up happening is my husband had a job that was going to give us the opportunity to potentially travel more. He was going to be working four days and then off for four days. And in our minds, we were like, oh, awesome. Those four days, we're going to jump in the RV and take all these amazing trips. And of course, uh, we were also daydreaming, thinking that was fantastic. And I'm not saying that it isn't, but we're still working. We still have chores to do. We still have um, kids. We're not always on those four days going out and exploring, you know, um, some days it's like, great, awesome, Robert, I'm so glad you're off. Now I'm going to do more of my work that I didn't get to do while you were working or, Hey, we got a whole load of laundry um, to do and cleaning and maintenance and life. life. Basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about your job and, and how you turned that into a remote role now, right? Yes. Um, so it's been almost 10 years since I started my job. My son was eight weeks old when I started and I was working in an office building. I'm a contractor and um, I did that for about three years, going into the office, dropping off my son at daycare, and I hated every single minute of those three years. It was torture. Um, all I wanted to do was to be with my son. And when I got pregnant with our second child, um, I took my full leave, and then towards the end of my leave, I was like, oh my gosh, I, so, I don't want to go back. Right. I really don't. I, I didn't want to go through that again. Um, I really wanted to be home with the kids but I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. Um, we definitely still depended on my income to make ends meet. So, you know, I called my company and I was like, Hey, so I kind of don't want to go back to work, but I know I'm on a contract. How can I help you guys out? Can I work some more like remotely? What, what, what can I do? 
And um, there was a lot of discussion back and forth. And what ended up happening is that I was able to turn my position that was in office into a part-time remote position. Um, now, I'll go back to when I was actually on campus working full-time. I did have some flexibility, even though it was an in-office job. I did have the ability to uh, telework here and there, mm-hmm. not all the time, but um, they were understanding that I had a newborn or a younger child that you know might get sick and exactly. I might need to take off. Yeah, and they would let me take care of those things and get my work done from home. Right. So, you know, there was already a little bit of that. All right. Tell us about, like, how did the transition go from, the re- from like, the office job to the remote work? How did that work for you? Sure. Um, I was already doing a little bit of telecommuting here and there. Um, if you have never done that with your company, the biggest thing that you want to do is to have a list of everything that you can do from home and make it as detailed and as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, approach your company to see if you can start doing it slowly. Maybe you start telecommuting one or two days per week. Um, show them that it can be done. Make sure that you are really excelling in those projects that you said that you could do from home. And then once you're doing that for a little while and they're seeing what you're accomplishing from home, go ahead and start introducing additional days. Okay. And, and something else, I know it's a lot, but I think it's important um, to show your company that it's also a cost savings for them. You want to emphasize, because they know what you're getting out of it. You're not right. going into the office. You're not commuting. You can do it in your pajamas. They know this. They know that. What you need to do is to show them that it's going to cost them less money because you're not going to be there in the office consuming their resources. You're not like- there office space and electricity and yes um i'm guessing you know they don't have to provide you a internet and uh and a computer as well right right Right. although if that is something that they do definitely take them up on that that, (laughs) but you know if your company has some sort of like initiatives on like green living or like uh, work-life balance things like that make sure that you really emphasize how you can help them, you know, increase their numbers when it comes to being a green company or helping, you know, working moms with their um, work-life balance. Just, just definitely talk that stuff up. Tell them how amazing it'll be that they can present you as an example, a case study, any of those things. Um, and lastly, make sure that the things that you have listed out that you can do for home are things that would be unique to you. So that would give them the ability to track how much work you're actually doing so that they see that there is a benefit, all those other things already, but they can also see how much you are working and that they have that assurance that you are not just like, I don't know. Some people think that we're just sitting on the couch eating bonbons all day watching TV. I don't know they'll be able to see that you're not doing that because you're actually completing all the things that you said that you were going to complete. Yeah. For our listeners, actually, you know, this is one of those big topics guys that we have not been able to hit a lot yet. So she had an an office job, you know, kind of regular office day job, and then she was able to turn it into a remote job. And I think 
you know, honestly, that's the big catch because it's hard to kind of convert that. Um, can you tell us about your, like, what did you say that, you know, like, how did you convince them to do that? Sure. Well, first off, I was a pretty good employee in the sense that I didn't, um, I showed up, I did my stuff and I didn't cause any waves. Um, and they had seen here and there that I was able to do a little bit of telework without it impacting my job performance. And I think that's probably one of the first things that I would recommend people do is to make a list or, or think of all the things that you are doing right now in your office job that you know you could do at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can call into meetings. Um, if you have uh, the ability to log into your job, like through a remote access port, or if that capability is there, definitely be like, hey guys, you know, you have all these people, maybe like in my job, there are people that actually work all around the world that then report to this one office. Mm -hmm. um, so they already had that ability established. Right. So I was just like, you know. You weren't the first one. Right. Right. I was with my um, contracting company, actually. Okay. But not with the contractor. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And let me just explain that for those who might be listening and not understand what contracting companies are. So a contracting firm, okay, and I'm going to put this in really lame terms, but a temp agency sends, their, sends a person out on a job at their client's site. So the client company is what she's talking about. They already had that remote capability. Um, and she was sent out by modern equivalent of a temp agency. Um, it's much polite. Calling in a contracting firm is frankly just much more polite than calling a temp agency. So um, she's employed and her paychecks are written by the, the contracting firm. And then the client site that she's working at, she just happens to do work for them. Does, I am correct in that, right? Yes. Okay, yes. good. But Making sure I did that right. Um, Perfect. So keep going. Sorry. No, that's fine. So I already knew that they had that capability and I already knew that I was able to, to complete, you know, work on those few days that I needed to take for teleworking for whatever I needed. And they were okay with that. So I just made a really huge list of everything that I could do from home. And mm -hmm. it actually ended up being everything. I could do everything from home that I was already doing in the office. Right. And I made that list. I put as much detail as I could showing them, listen, all of it. I could do all of it. There is absolutely really no reason for me to go into the office. Don't you feel it saves you time too? I mean, I work from home now and I can't imagine going back to an office like that. Like I would have rather stick <laughs> my eyeballs out. I feel every, like I save so much time here. I know every 18 months I have to go in to the office to renew my badge. It's literally my badge that allows me to be able to remote in and every 18 months I have to go in and that I dread that day. I go in, I do spend like 12 hours there because I'm going to be where driving in stuck in traffic. It's going to take me forever to get there. And then once I'm there, I want to get as much possibly done as I can meet with as many people as I can in person. So There's it turns out to be hurry up and wait in an office. Like you have to wait for this person to get off the phone and then you have to go do this. And, oh and then you God. have to like duck people that want to come and talk to you. I'm like, I'm not here to socialize. Yeah. I'm here to get my work done. I'm away from my family right now. 
and this costs me a lot to be here. <laughs> I am here to get as much done as I can. Um, also, I, I live in the DC area and I've had people call, you know, I'm on a contract myself right now so that I work from home as well, guys, that I do 20 ish hours a week. And I've had people call me up and frankly, try to convince me to leave my at home job and work in an office <laughs> in traffic. And I'm like, um, H E double hockey stick. No. I was like, first of all, you can't, I was like, you want me to take a cut and pay and commute? No way. Wow. No. And they're like, and they don't understand why I would say no. I know. Even my, my husband actually doesn't understand even <laughs> he's like, he doesn't get it. I'm like, no. And not just that, but you know, this is, I get to be with my kids. I don't have to listen yes. to people like coughing or having their conversations over the phone or stressing out about a project that to me, I'm like, listen, I know Office I'm not saying that politics. Yeah. All that garbage. And I'm like, this is so such a waste of energy. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't want to be involved in this. And especially where I work, there was a lot of just drama. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my small team was pretty drama free, but the people that we worked with, basically the client was just like, Oh, you can't get away from that in a large company. No. No. All right. So talk okay, to so us about, okay, now, so you're doing all of this working from home, which I do too, but you're doing it in an RV. So like how much square yes. footage is in your RV? First of all, let me ask. Ooh, um, maybe 250. 250 square feet, maybe, I think. Yeah, I think my 1,200 square foot townhouse is small. So you're doing it in like a quarter of what I, a quarter or less of what I've got, which is crazy. How in the world do you work in an RV? Um, I'm not going to say that there aren't challenges because there definitely are. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is none of my work really um, involves me talking to other people like on a phone call usually. Right. So even when my kids are playing a video game, they're playing with each other. My daughter is dancing and singing and running up and down the RV, shaking the entire thing. It actually doesn't really affect my job okay. because um, everything is online, just selling, sending emails, um, creating spreadsheets, um, maybe some writing when, when I do have to write, I do actually tell them, Hey guys, I need to write. I can't have you guys running around and dancing and jumping and singing and screaming. I, right. It breaks my concentration. Um, but otherwise it can pretty much do everything that they normally would do play as usual as they normally do as seven and 10 year olds. And I just do my little thing. And a lot of times they're right there next to me. I'm in the same living space as them. I'm not behind a closed door. Um, on occasion I do sometimes I'm like, okay guys, I'm going to be in the bedroom with the doors closed. Do not disturb me. I am not here. <laughs> I'm going to get some work done. And, um, of course, you know, my husband is off for four days at a time. So on those four days I do say, Hey man, I got like 10 to 12 hours of work to do. Exactly. Yeah. You've got, you've got everything. I'm yeah. in there. I don't exist. Maybe bring me some meals. And that's it. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I love federal holidays. My husband has off. I'm like, all right, here's the homeschool list. I'll come out in 12 hours. And every once in a while, he'll, if he really wants to impress me, he'll sneak like a food, a plate or a fresh cup of coffee in my office. It's like magical. 
Um, okay, so you're doing this in an RV and you're homeschooling. So tell us about y'all's homeschooling experience. Sure. So right now, um, we do, well, actually, let me go back, not to what we do right now, but, um, we actually started homeschooling them from day one. Mm -hmm. And, um, when my son, you know, turned that magical age of five, I was like, awesome. Let's go buy all these books. Let's sit down. This is going to be amazing. We're going to power through these workbooks. And no, that is not what happened at all. Uh, he ended up frustrated. I was frustrated. We were angry. Um, we weren't getting anything done. And it was just, it was just awful. It was a miserable experience. And I was like, this is not why I took a cut and pay and why I decided to do this. Right. What am I going to do? So I actually stumbled upon the concept of unschooling and it wasn't actually what I was looking for. I was looking for like a way to get my kid to do workbooks. Right. And I found information instead on unschooling, which is basically following your child's interest, what motivates them, what drives them. Uh, things that they enjoy and learning that way. So my son loves uh, video games. He loves science. Um, he loves YouTube. So that's how we learn. Okay. Um, yeah, explain and, unschooling for those of us who are not well-versed in that. Okay, so let me give you an example. My son loves science. He loves animals. Um, so sometimes we'll just go outside, we'll see a rabbit, mm -hmm. and we'll start talking about the rabbit. What do we think the rabbit's doing? How do you think the rabbit is? Um, why did it run away the way it did? Why isn't it moving anymore? But clearly it sees us, we see it, what is going on? And we have these discussions. And then if the interest is still there, we will then take it to the next level. We'll start uh, looking online for resources about rabbits, their behavior, how, what their uh, life expectancy is. Um, what do they eat? Why do they eat it? How do they react around predators? Are we a predator? Is that how they see us? And we basically continue to follow all this going deeper and deeper and deeper in information until kind of we lose our son. Like once he's like, all right, I'm done. We're done. Right. But in all that time, while he's interested, while we're engaging him, we're not like shoving information in his brain. It's an interactive experience. He's involved, we're involved, and we do it together. Um, do you feel it's pretty like mom intensive? Um, it can I think be. I would feel the pressure to like, and I would need to know all the answers so I could ask him the right questions to get him to figure out. Like, you know, like to me, I see, I, I just feel it. I would feel it on me being a lot of pressure. So do you feel it's mom intense or, or like, am I incorrect in feeling that way? Um, well, for me, it's not any more intensive than just being with my kids all the time. Like it's not right. any more intensive than like making them food all day. Um, you know, making sure they're doing okay. Uh, just hanging mm -hmm. out with my kids really. Okay. Um, I actually, well, I, maybe I'm lying because I actually find that part <laughs> better than making the meals all the time. I'm not a great homemaking uh, kind of mom. I'm a lot more like a hangout mom. Okay. So for me, it's very natural for us to have these conversations. And if I don't know the answer, because sometimes they ask me something or even I'll ask a question like, hey, 
wait a minute, why, why did that turkey like stop and do that weird sound? Like, what was that? I don't know it. You know, I'll look at my kids. I'm like, do you guys know? Because sometimes they know. Right. <laughs> um, and if we don't, neither, nobody has the answer. You know, I'll, I'll make a note on my phone or if I'm carrying um, any pieces of paper, anything, and I'll just make a note to look it up later. And then okay. when we're at somewhere okay. where I can look it up, we look it up and discuss it. That sounds a lot more doable than when I, like what I envision in my head of unschooling, you know, honestly. Yeah, and it totally depends on, like the parents and the kids and how, how you want to do it. Like for us, we keep things very as low stress as we can. Sure. Um, you know, we let the kids pretty much be free and be kids and we just look for opportunities, whether it's us seeing them do something or they'll come to us with a question. And then we start going down. I like to call them rabbit holes of information, just searching, researching, looking, answering questions until basically we're done. It's pretty clear when your kids are done with receiving information. They're just oh, like, yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. So we do that. And I think the most difficult part actually about the whole thing is that you never actually know when that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like what will spark your child to ask questions or what will spark you to engage them in some conversation that they're really interested in. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I wasn't ready. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Uh, I guess we're doing this now. Right. Um, yeah. Or I just rolled out of bed. I haven't had my coffee yet. And they're asking me all these questions and I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Coffee people. Coffee. <laughs> coffee first. Yeah. Let's yeah. look it up while I'm making the coffee something. Right. Um, so you mentioned your husband's off four days. Um, I mean, it seems to me like he's pretty involved in the kind of the homeschooling experience then. Yes. Yes. He's very, he basically, there is no, um, he just takes over when I'm not available or if he happens to be, see the kids um, excited about something or if he saw something, uh, he's an aircraft dispatcher. So he knows a lot about aviation. He knows a lot about weather occurrences mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, we'll look out the window or we'll be somewhere and we're seeing a change in the pattern in the clouds. Bam. He just starts talking about it and the kids get interested usually. And we have a whole lesson on that. So he, he is, um, as involved as I am and he can totally just there's no I don't have to prep him yeah um, he's been like that since day one so it's not really it's a very natural for us to just change out roles as needed right. that's fantastic that's fantastic I know um, a lot of us wish we kind of had that it would be great um, okay so let's talk time management logistics kind of like the what does a typical day look like for you like how do you get fit all of this in with laundry dishes sure. and everything else i would first like to say that i'm terrible at time management then followed up by the fact that i'm also terrible at doing home chores and things like that so let me preface everything with all of that um I try really hard not to stress about stuff that doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. um, if I have a day where the entire day I am just from the time I wake up until the time we go to sleep, just involved with the children, whatever that may be, we're just having a great day where we're just learning and we're going on exploring and we're watching stuff and then talking about it. We're just, whoa, uh, interacting and I don't get anything else done. The dishes pile up. Um, and I don't actually get any work done, it's okay because that means probably the next day 
I'm going to high five the kids, feed them a couple meals, and they're going to be doing their own thing. And that'll give me time to get all the work done, catch up on stuff that I didn't do the day before. Um, the way my life is set up and my work life is set up, it's very flexible. My contracting job that I have, I have to complete 20 hours a week and that 20 hours can be done any way I'd like to get it done. So it allows me that flexibility to kind of go with the flow of the needs, my needs, my company's needs and the needs of my family. And then I also have like our little online business that we do that I also fit into all of this as time permits. Right. And it has worked. I'm not saying there aren't days and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I haven't touched my job in three days. Right. Right. Okay. Um, what about, um, you mentioned, you know, could someone, the biggest challenges that you seem to face is like getting it all done and the time management and all of that. Um, and I have to ask, is it easier in 250 square feet versus a house? Like I have 1200 square feet. Is that easier or harder for you? Oh, are you there? Uh Oh, how much did I? Yes. <laughs> nope. Nope. You're good. All I did was do one question so I can just delete that. All right. So let's, um, so you mentioned that the time management and house stuff is at least not your favorite thing to do. Um, so have you found any little tips or tricks that do make it easier? I mean, should we all go to kind of go out and get rid of our 1200 square foot house and move into 250 square feet? I mean, does that make it easier when there's less? Uh, yes and no. You will be trading in, you know, hours and hours of cleaning and trimming hedges and things like that, but you will be just trading them in for other things like finding camping sites, um, a leaky roof, a slide motor that fails, um, overflowing tanks, the waste tanks, because you get to now take care of all oh, of your fun. gray water and yeah. <laughs> black. Yeah, that sounds like plastic and your sewage. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's not necessarily simpler, but you will be getting rid of a lot of stuff. So you won't have like, I don't know, walk-in closets full of clothes and then, you know, like four or five laundry baskets if you're not great at doing laundry every day, you know. Um, you don't have to worry about the kids having like 50 million Lego pieces everywhere. Um, right. And sure, you don't have a dishwasher in your RV, but you also don't have like enough plateware and silverware and all that stuff for like, you know, yourself and guests and parties and you don't have cupcake trays. What are those things? It's a little cupcake transporter yeah. thing. Yeah. All those. No, no, no. The things that like Tupperware bits and pieces all basically everybody should just go into their cabinets in the kitchen and open all that stuff up. And you're only going to have in an RV, a quarter of that maybe. Right. Right. Or <laughs> in my case, maybe a 10th because you don't know how bad, like how bad <laughs> I had. there was one point I had 60 wine glasses. Wow. But I was hosting parties for my husband. We would have parties where like I would invite my husband and all of his office on a regular basis. So I needed 60 wine glasses. They weren't fancy. Okay. Expensive. But like I was doing that like on a monthly basis, it turned out. So like I needed those glasses. But I'm like, when, when I moved into this little house, I'm like, all right, 
you know, I have to get rid of these because obviously <laughs> I've held on to them for like four years. I'm not going to use them. So let's do, yeah, it's, and yeah, 60 wine glasses. That was me. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So no more, you know, you know, minimal, but still work. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically if you ever have anybody, a party at your house, you have to tell everybody to bring their own stuff. Like, <laughs> nice. Hey, make sure you bring, like bring extra chairs and bring your, and most people actually, most RVers know that they show up. If you're inviting right. them over for a campfire, they come with their own, um, portable, what about reusable, like cups filled with whatever they're drinking. They bring their own chairs. Um, it's, it's understood. Right. And, um, Fantastic. We won't have enough for everybody. Yeah. So have, have you come up with any like little like life, you know, hacks that have worked for you or have made life easier? I think the biggest thing has been just kind of bracketing my day or blocking it into manageable things. So technically this doesn't always work out. Technically I wake up before the kids and I have a two to three hour time block of work and or free time. Then the kids wake up, I make breakfast and then the rest of the afternoon, probably about four hours worth or so is dedicated to feeding kids, hanging out with kids, um, learning together, exploring whatever together. And then my husband comes home from work. There's a dinner time-ish. And then I technically start working again in the evening. Uh, quiet hours begins at 10 PM. That means that everybody needs to be quietly doing something uh, either in their rooms or if they're out in the open space, um, it's sitting down doing something quietly. Fantastic. All and right. those are the days that he works. Right. It's a totally different thing when he's home. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So here's one thing. We're, we as women, we as moms, we as homeschool moms, we're really, really good about putting ourselves down and talk about all the things that we stink at. Okay. Um, I would like to ask you, however, what's one thing that you've kind of learned about yourself through this experience that you think you do really, really well? Um, like what, what are some of the positives that you've gained out of this? Um, I, I have learned that, um, I really enjoy spending time with my kids and that we have a lot of fun together mm -hmm. and we have a really strong bond and relationship. And that is not separate from learning. And I don't know. I think a lot of times people, moms separate themselves out. It's like, I'm a mom, you're my kids. And there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a distance, but just for like, um, to make sure that, you know, kids respect the mom or whatever. There's that distance instead of that familiarity. And for us, that doesn't really exist. And I think that's something that I'm really great at that I am their mom, but that doesn't mean that I can't um, be real around them. Like right. they see my vulnerabilities. Um, they see my strengths, my weaknesses. And I think that that's um, going to actually help them as they develop uh, to understand their own feelings and that they don't have to be perfect and that you can still be awesome. Even if you screw up, um, how do your kids feel about you working? Um, they understand it. 
and they respect it. Um, sometimes it's a little bit hard for them. Now that they're a little bit older, they understand it more. Like they understood today that I said, hey, I'm going to be on a podcast. That means that I'm going to be working for, I reserved an hour and I told them when it was going to start and when it was going to end. And during that time, this is mommy's work. Right. And during that time, she can't be interrupted unless it's an emergency. And they understand that what it means now. And they understand that work looks different. They know that sometimes you go off to a building to work like daddy does. And sometimes it's like mom where she works in these weird one hour increments. And sometimes it means doing a video. Sometimes it means she's writing. Sometimes it means she's on a call with somebody. Um, I think it's giving them kind of a more, I don't want to say well-rounded cause that's not really, but they're seeing different ways of doing more things. Open, right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. So, um, let me ask, um, as we wrap up today. Okay. So if there was one thought that you would want everyone to walk away with when we're, they're kind of hearing our conversation today or one kind of little, little piece of encouragement, what would you want that one thing to be? I would definitely want to encourage folks to follow their gut instincts as far as what they're doing with their kids, what they're doing with work and making sure that at the end of the day, when you close your eyes at night, that you're doing what you feel is best for you and your family, mm -hmm. that it goes beyond like, okay, great. I'm bringing home some money to help with the finances or, oh, awesome you know, my child knows how to read now. I, it, it goes beyond that to just have a connection with your family, with your kids, with your husband or your wife. I don't know what your family looks like. Um, and just that you feel good about what you're doing. Uh, that doesn't mean you're never going to have any guilt <laughs> or right. second thoughts about what you're doing, but that your overall feeling is one of satisfaction and that you know that you're doing the best that you can with your family. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Sure. Now, as we wrap up our episode today, I want to thank you all for listening in. There are tons of great podcasts out there, but you chose to spend your time here with us. So thank you. Please be sure to check out the show notes for the links to my site and all of the great ways you can connect with us online. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please feel free to give us a positive review, subscribe to the podcast, share with your homeschooling friends, or any and all of the above. If you know someone that you think would be a great guest of our podcast, please let me know at julie at workingwhilehomeschooling.com. And remember, you can always reach us through our website at workingwhilehomeschooling.com. Thanks for listening in today. Thank you to Jessica for being our guest. And please, everyone, join us in our Facebook group for a continuing conversation on today's topic and beyond. Again, thank you for joining in, and I hope to see you soon at the next podcast for Working Mom Homeschooling.